1: Hello and welcome. I'm Pat Rulo, the voice for patient safety. Where each week we delve into little-known healthcare and hospital hazards, as well as other fringe topics that affect your health and well-being. I'm so happy you've taken the time to join me, and today I have lots to share with you. So let's dig right in, shall we? Well, here's a very recent fact, a 2019 fact, in fact, delivered by the World Health Organization. Quote, One in every ten patients is harmed while receiving hospital care. Four out of every ten patients is harmed in primary and outpatient care. Unquote. Well, there's a whole lot more they have to say But I think you get the idea. To me, it sounds like things are not improving, and that's why I have dedicated this year, I'm hitting it hard, patient safety. In fact, this quarter, the first three, maybe even first six months of this year, I am working on two books, two new books, One is going to be called Hospital Hazards, and it's going to be transcripts from many of my past radio shows and create a book from the transcribed radio shows. So that's going to be out, gee, I hope by the end of January, if I could find enough time. But my second book is going to be a very, very important document. It's an anthology where I'm reaching out to 50 or more of some of the top patient safety, patient experience, and patients and family members who have things to say about patient safety and the patient experience. And each person is going to have their own chapter. They're not going to have to do any writing. I am going to interview them for about 20 minutes and then transcribe their interview and turn their words into text. So it's going to be quite, quite a manuscript, quite a book. The title is Highway to Heart, Humor, and Honesty in Healthcare. Highway to Heart, Humor, and Honesty in Healthcare. And I have just been so blessed to have Dr. Lucian Leap, the father of patient safety. The gentleman who's been around for many, many decades who has really kind of spearheaded the whole patient safety movement. He will be penning, he will be writing the foreword for this book. So while we already know going out of the gate, this is gonna be a big time book. So that's probably gonna be late spring this summer. But because of my dedication to patient safety this year, I just feel like I have to do all that I can to try to get the word out, including this radio show. So with facts such as one in every 10 patient is harmed while receiving hospital care and four out of every 10 patients is harmed in a primary and outpatient care setting, we really have work to do. And so this takes me back to some of the crazy situations that I had with my mom. And luckily I documented so many of them because they they were just so astounding and amazing. I thought people aren't going to believe me. I have to write about this and talk about it. So today I want to talk about a very convoluted patient experience that we had. Oh, I don't even know when this was. My mom passed away in 2016. So this was a little while back. I still see the same kind of tomfoolery going on, so I have to talk about it. Anyway, my mom one time had to have an outpatient procedure done called thoracentesis, which was to remove fluid from the space between the lungs and her chest wall. It's done with a needle and a plastic catheter where they insert it through the chest wall under ultrasound guidance and within seconds outpours what looks like Guinness beer on tap, just this nice head of foam, which the doctor told me was protein. Not very yummy. Anyway, I got to stay in the room to watch the entire process, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Here's how it started. My mom was getting out of breath again, so her cardiologist said it was time to get the pleural space drained. So this was becoming old hat, as she had done it four times in the past two years. So the gal who was caring for my mom at the time called the hospital to make the outpatient appointment with the same doctor who has done it each and every time. And while making the appointment, she was savvy enough to confirm with the nurse that the same doctor would, in fact, do the procedure. The nurse replied emphatically, well, he's the only one here that does that procedure. Cool, then we're all set. Your appointment is at 1 o'clock, but be here at noon or earlier to do lab work. So on that Thursday, I took my mom, lugging this ridiculously heavy oxygen tank with one hand while trying to navigate my mom in the wheelchair with the other hand, my purse, a bag of medications, all wheels choosing to go in all directions but straight, and oh, did I mention it was raining? So by the time we got to radiology, I was thoroughly soaked and worn out, but that's okay, it only adds to the full experience. So they whisked us into the lab to take blood, and by 12.05, we were done, left to sit and wait until 1 o'clock. I am not sure why we had to be there a full hour early, but whatever. So we sat and had to listen to the blasting television on the wall an infomercial with Jane Seymour talking about a revolutionary, life-changing skin cream called, you got it, Crepe Erase. Do you have crepey skin? Then you need Crepe Erase. Fifty nine ninety five. But call within the next thirty seconds, and it's yours for only thirty nine ninety five. Plus, we'll throw in a bottle of this and a jar of that. And then three commercials in a row talking about medical malpractice. Do you know what the third leading cause of death is? That's right, it's medical errors. If you've been harmed by a medical error, call Borowitz Horowitz and no Morowitz. Then the next one, harmed by a pelvic mesh implant? Call Moose and Moose. And finally, if you've used the antibiotics, Avalox, Cipro, or Levaquin, and later developed peripheral neuropathy, nerve damage, or serious eye damage, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Call now. And back to Crepey Race. My life has improved since using Crepe Erase. I'm happy. I'm fulfilled. My skin is glowing. Finally, I love myself. Oh, oh, who knew that a skin cream could do all that? And wow, during that hour of filling my brain with useless nonsense, I watched the woman sitting across from us, getting more and more agitated and vocal. She was there for a CAT scan, and when the nurse came over to her with two big bottles of liquid PrEP, For her to drink, the gal asked her in a tone that quickly escalated to a loud and irritated pitch, Did you find my blood test results? Because I had my blood drawn on Tuesday at the lab across the street from where I work, and I called them and they verified that they sent the results to you on Wednesday at 12.15. I called again today, and they assured me that you have them. The nurse looked unfazed. No, we don't have them, but... Don't worry, we can draw blood right now. The gal jumped out of her seat. No, you don't understand. This happens every time I come here. You never have my blood test results, and I'm not going to do another blood draw today. Why don't you just call the lab and ask them to resend? The nurse, once again straight-faced, We don't have the number. Well, you should have the number. Look at my chart from last time, and you'll find their number on the bottom of my test results. Straight-faced replied, We don't have access to your chart, but I'll go see what I can find. And off she trotted, never to return. Meantime, this poor gal called home and asked her kids to scrounge around the kitchen counter to try to locate the lab's phone number. And this went on until my mom was called for her procedure at about one fifteen. Talk about the patient experience. Obviously, this happens to this woman each and every time she gets a CAT scan. Where do her pre-exam blood results go? Does the hospital fax machine empty into a garbage can? And what's up with the staff? No one attempted to help this woman. And with all of the hubbub about electronic medical records revolutionizing healthcare, care, making access to your records just one click away, from what I've experienced, it seems like as we move from provider to provider across the healthcare continuum, no one ever has any records or access to my mom's records. If it wasn't for her or me dragging our medication list and previous test results with us, no one would know anything because the answer I continue to receive is the same that the poor CAT scan girl heard. We don't have access to your chart. Well, I say, phooey. And hooey. Well, now, as the nurse was wheeling my mom to the procedure room, she announced, Dr. New Guy will be doing the procedure today. I brought the wheelchair and the massive oxygen tank, purses, and meds to a screeching halt. Uh, we have an appointment with Dr. Usual. Oh, he's on vacation, but Dr. New Guy is very good. Just so happened that Dr. Newguy heard this in the hallway and came ambling in. Oh, if you don't want me to do it, can you wait until Monday? What? First of all, I've never heard of a surgeon giving away a chance to make a cut or a buck. And secondly, can we wait? I don't know. Can we? Then the nurse told what I am sure is a flat-out lie. She said, Oh, no, you have to have it done today. Your cardiologist has called me three times today to make sure you're having it done. (laughs) Come on, people. Do I really believe that the cardiologist who sees a 100 people in a day actually stopped what he was doing to call around to make sure my mom was having a thoracentesis done today? Three times? Well, I'm a lot of things, but stupid isn't one of them. Well, my mom was seriously agitated by this, but considering that she couldn't even catch a breath, she was stuck with the new guy, and stuck she was. As I watched him make several attempts to insert the catheter unsuccessfully, I was one nanosecond away from saying, we're out of here, but again, I'm getting ahead of myself. What transpired before he poked around between her ribs several times was quite shocking to me. The nurse was in the room, and another gal whose role I couldn't determine as she didn't bother to introduce herself, and so was the doctor. My mom asked, what side are you going to drain? Everyone looked around with puzzled eyebrows. The nurse said, I don't remember. We see so many people, I can't possibly remember what side they did last time. The no-name nurse looked glassy-eyed, and the doctor said, I think I read it was the right side. The nurse kept going on and on about how she couldn't and shouldn't be expected to remember what happened three months ago until finally the voice of patient safety suggested, oh, and that would be me, why don't you look at her chart? What does the chest X-ray show? So the no-name nurse wandered out and returned. It's the right side. Now, whether she actually went somewhere to look at Mom's chart or whether she went to the bathroom, I don't know. But wouldn't you expect, with all of the amazing and blazing radiation-emitting rolling carts of wireless computers that blast through the hospital, that mom's chart wouldn't be right there in the room for some accurate consultation? Well, between the bait and switch of doctors with the nurse telling mom's caretaker the usual doctor is the only doctor who does this procedure to no one knowing what side to drain to several painful attempts by doctor new guy to locate the space between the ribs i realized once again nothing is changing in fact things may be getting worse and how ironic that as i was forced to watch crapey race i heard 3 medical malpractice commercials talking about the very same things we talk about here on this program. Medical errors are the third leading cause of death in the United States. Well, in an hour's time, I saw some very real indications of why this happens. A gal's blood test results that never seem to find their way to the hospital. Nurses telling lies when making the appointment that Dr. Usual was the only one who does this procedure, then booking with someone else faking reassurance that the cardiologist was on speed dial all day out of concern staff not knowing at the point of needle insertion what side was correct no access to medical charts we were lucky and i use that word on purpose with all of the circus like behavior going on we were lucky that all went well now i've talked about statistics about medical errors before a John Hopkins study shows that medical errors in hospitals and other health care facilities are incredibly common and may now be the third leading cause of death in the United States, claiming more lives than respiratory disease, accidents, stroke, and Alzheimer's. Now, many people like to dispute those numbers, saying, oh, it's way too high. Well, think of this. Marty McCary, a professor of surgery at the Johns Hopkins University of School of Medicine who led the research, said in an interview that the category includes everything from bad doctors to more systemic issues such as communication breakdowns when patients are handed off from one department to another. He says, I quote, it boils down to people dying from the care that they receive rather than the disease for which they are seeking care, unquote. His calculation of 251,000 deaths per year equates to nearly 700 deaths a day, equivalent to a jumbo jet crashing on a daily basis, and we surely wouldn't put up with that, now would we? And get this, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, does not require reporting of medical errors in the data it collects about deaths through billing codes, making it hard to see what's going on at the national level. So, third leading cause of death, maybe second, maybe first in reality. In fact, a while ago, I interviewed chief toxicologist at NASA, and he has results that show up to 450,000 people dying at the hands of medical errors per year, and that's an old number. So in a decade, that comes to 450 million people, and that's not counting those who don't manage to die and are seriously injured. And then enters big business, Monsanto recently has been successful in lobbying to cover up studies that linked genetically modified corn with problems in the kidneys: liver, heart, adrenal glands, spleen functions. We've got big telecom, independent, peer-reviewed studies that show that wireless radiation is hazardous to our health, yet our hospitals, nursing homes, rehab facilities are blasting sick people as well as unknowing staff to death. Mandatory vaccines? Why? Because an industry that kills 450 million people in a decade deem they are safe. Why? Because big pharmacy wants it that way, and big media stays silent. And there we go, off into another topic for another show. I don't know. It may be time to get Borowitz, Horowitz, and no Morowitz on the phone.
0: Listen to Pat Rulo and Speak Up and Stay Alive radio. Stay safe from little-known health care and hospital hazards. To learn more, go to speakupandstayalive.com. That's speakupandstayalive.com.
1: Hi there. I'm Gina Murphy-Darling, the voice of Mrs. Green on the airwaves. Mrs. Green's World is a global movement of ideas and actions made up of people who care about their own health and the health of this planet. If you're interested in things like clean water, clean air, clean oceans, or would like to know more about just what it means to live a sustainable life, you will love to hear what our guests from all over the world have to say. Please visit our website at mrsgreensworld.com to learn more and to become a part of our world. Well, now it's time for our patient safety tip. Did you know this? When you go for a doctor's visit, up to 80% of what you hear is forgotten immediately, and almost half of what you do remember is incorrect? Huh, well, you're in good company. Most people have difficulty understanding and acting on health information. In fact, 36% of the population have difficulty using and understanding graphs and charts, and I would be one of those 36%, because that is just not how I learn and understand information. Now, that's not to say that I'm not an intelligent person, but when I see a graph or a chart, I, I can't figure it out. I even have a hard time understanding cartoons in the newspaper. Pictures just don't help me. So, For me and for everyone else, it really boils down to how the information is presented and how each individual processes that information, which leaves a lot of room for misunderstanding and confusion. Now, medical jargon also contributes to the problem. Here's an example. Here's Mr. Smith. He's at his doctor's office, and this is the conversation. Mr. Smith, let's review the results of your blood test. Your CBC, BMP, and LFTs were basically negative. You have prediabetes and a slightly elevated LDL, and since your BMI is 28, you should watch your diet and exercise more to prevent metabolic syndrome. Oh, and it's okay to keep taking an occasional NSAID with food for your idiopathic knee pain. Do you have any questions? Uh, no? Can you see how there will be a major disconnect here? Does Mr. Smith have any idea what he should do once he leaves? Well, Mr. Smith and you have rights. You have the right to understand healthcare information. And you have the right to demand, nicely, of course, that that information that's given to you by your provider is in simple, clear, and plain language. You can repeat what you perceive to be the problem and the solution so your provider actually hears what you believe you heard. Here's something simple. It's an easy way to understand a medical problem. It's called Ask Me Three. It's three simple questions that hold immense power and can keep you or a loved one safe from medical harm. You can ask What is my main problem? What do I need to do about it? And why is it important for me to do this? Now, we ask these questions with ease when we're out and about in the real world. Imagine you're driving down the road and your brakes start to squeal and screech. You take your car to your local mechanic. He puts the car on the rack to check out the problem while you stand around and wait. When he returns, what's the first thing you ask? What is the problem? What needs to be done? What if I don't do it? Or why is it important for me to do this? You don't just drop the car off, pick it up, and pay the bill without finding out what is wrong. At least I hope you don't. We don't even think about being scared or embarrassed to ask a car mechanic these types of questions. Yet when we get into a doctor's office or hospital, yikes, not going to ask him or her anything. Too scary. Well, in addition to asking these questions, may I also encourage you to invite a family member or a trusted friend to go with you, especially to important appointments, to listen and take notes. Or if you are not the patient, offer to go with your loved one or a neighbor to act as another set of eyes, ears, and mouth. So remember, you have rights, but in order to exercise those rights, you need to know what they are. And that is why I'm here every week to help you not only know about your rights, but also to feel confident and empowered enough to speak up and make your voice heard before a medical mistake happens. Remember, I say it every week. You have to speak up and stay alive. Well, there you have it. Lots to think about as usual. Pay attention when you are at your doctor's appointment, whether you're the patient or a family member or someone who's going with a friend. Look around and pay attention to what's happening and feel free to ask questions and to speak up because as you can see, things happen. And if you're not paying attention, they can happen to you. Also, head over to the website and continue your patient safety quest by getting a copy of several of my books, Speak Up and Stay Alive, The Patient Advocate Hospital Survival Guide, and my newest, Healthcare Acquired Infections, The Troublemakers and How to Avoid Them, two very important books to have. Comes to $30, 20 for the first book, 10 for the Healthcare Acquired Infection books. It's a simple way to stay safe during any healthcare hospital encounters. So Head over to speakupandstayalive.com. You can call me four four zero seven two five fifty four sixty two. Visit the shop page. That's where you'll find the books and some wonderful essential oils to also keep you safe from MRSA during a hospital stay and all other kinds of goodies. So speakupandstayalive.com. You'll also find the speaking event page there as well. I'm really booking up for this year fast. So if you want me as a speaker, please call me soon, 440-725-5462. And with that, I will see you again next week. Same time, same place, but never the same information. Until then, I hope you have a healthy and a happy week. I am Pat Rulo, and I am the voice for informed choice and patient safety.
0: The information provided in today's broadcast is for informational purposes only and was not intended for use as diagnosis or treatment of a health problem and should not be considered as medical advice. If you've missed part of today's show or just want to share the information with friends, you can listen to all of Pat's previous shows at speakupandstayalive.com. Want even more information? Purchase a copy of Pat's book at speakupandstayalive.com. Once again, it's speakupandstayalive.com. Or you can call Pat at 440-725-5462. Until next week, remember, it's okay to ask others to wash their hands. You have to speak up and stay alive.
1: Superbugs like MRSA live in hospitals and they infect thousands of patients. Stay safe with Hospital Helper Organic Essential Oil Spray. Headaches, nerve pain, anxiety, can't sleep? We've got solutions. Visit the shop page at speakupandstayalive.com. Patient safety is your right, so don't go wrong. Visit the shop page at speakupandstayalive.com. That's speakupandstayalive.com.